everyone. Welcome to Every Great Adventure Begins as a Dream, a podcast where I inspire you to get out there and see the world. I'm Donna, a baby boomer and somewhere in the vicinity of being a senior citizen. I spent nearly 20 years as a professional travel counselor helping thousands of people see the world. Prior to that, I was in the U.S. Navy, ultimately attaining the rank of commander. My first duty station was in Neomachri, Greece. Now that was a great adventure. I was truly living the dream. Although I've traveled a lot, there's still a lot of world out there for me to see. Since I'm not getting any younger, I've got to keep going to see as much as I can before I can't. So let's dream together and plan our next great adventure. For more inspiration, you can follow me on my blog at everygreatadventure.com where you can also see my travel photos. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest as Every Great Adventure. Of course, you can always reach me by email. My address, Donna at everygreatadventure.com. Seriously, I thought, it's a waterfall. Is it really going to be worth the effort to go and see a waterfall? Well, let me tell you, I was not expecting to be so impressed by a mere waterfall. At every turn, every viewing platform, I was just blown away by the beauty of this natural wonder, amazing Iguazu Falls. If you listened to my last podcast, it was all about why and how we booked a 57-day cruise that took us from Miami to Lima, Peru. It was quite some time after we booked our cruise that Art said to me, I think I'd like to see Iguazu Falls when we go on our cruise. After all, who knew when we'd get back there again? Actually, that's kind of a joke between Art and I, as this South American cruise made the third time we had been to Lima, Peru. And actually, now I think about it, our next cruise also ends in Lima. Since it was his idea, I let him run with it. He determined that since our ship would be in port for two nights while we were in Rio de Janeiro, that would be the best time for us to take a quick overnight trip to the falls. Art found a tour operator and started a dialogue with them, explaining what we wanted to do and the time frame we had available. We wanted this trip to be as hassle-free as possible and asked them to make the following arrangements for us. Car transportation from the ship to the airport in Rio, air transportation from Rio to Foz do Iguazu, Brazil, car transportation from Faz do Iguazu Airport to our hotel, one-night hotel stay, a private guide and driver to take us both to the Argentine and Brazilian sides of the falls, and included mission to both parks, car transportation back to the airport in Faz do Iguazu, air transportation from Faz do Iguazu to Rio, car transportation from the airport in Rio back to the cruise ship. Pretty much everything. The total price for the two of us was just under $2,100. It was a customized tour for only Art and me and could not have been more perfect. The reason we wanted to have everything included in the price was we didn't want to have to be concerned with having enough money in each of the different currencies, nor did we want to waste any time trying to figure out how to get from point A to point B. We just wanted everything to be prearranged. Our tour to Iguazu Falls was through Rupio Tourism, a company that is known in the travel industry as an inbound tour operator. They set up tours for those coming to visit the area, 
contracting out all the bits and pieces from other companies and contractors to make one seamless trip. Ripeo Tourism has published tours that are prearranged, or as in our case, they will create a customized tour. Our experience with them was very good. I'd use them again. Two months prior to our cruise, our trip was confirmed and paid in full. We were booked on nonstop flights and the times were perfect. As is usual with travel, change reared its ugly head. A few days prior to our arrival in Rio, we got an email from Ripeo Tourism telling us that our flights had been changed. The flight from Rio to Iguazu Falls was no longer nonstop. We now had a two-hour layover in Sao Paulo. Our two-hour nonstop flight turned into a six-hour journey. Also, the time of our return flight had changed. Having worked in the travel industry, I know that flights change and there's nothing you can do about it. So, in our usual fashion, we just made the best of it. After a beautiful sunrise sail-in, MS Serena arrived in Rio at 8 a.m., right on time. We took some photos, then headed back to our stateroom where we packed our overnight bag and got ready for our mini-adventure to Iguazu Falls. Our driver picked us up outside the customs building as scheduled. It was a Sunday afternoon, so the traffic to the airport wasn't bad at all. The driver kindly offered to come into the airport with us to assist us with the check-in process, but we declined, figuring we could handle it. I guess our driver was right. We couldn't determine where we needed to check in. We finally asked someone for help, and they pointed us in the right direction. Our flights were on Goal Airline. The closest I can relate them to in the U.S. is Southwest Airlines. They had an interesting way of grouping people to board the flight, though. Although seats were assigned, row numbers did not play a part in which group you were in, with the exception of the premium economy group. The first group to board was the priority group, which was anyone over 80 years old, those traveling with babies, pregnant women, and the handicapped. Next was the premium economy group, those seated in the first five rows of the plane and the high-level frequent flyers. The third group was for those traveling with only a personal item, a purse, briefcase, or backpack. Lastly was the group with carry-on bags. They were very strict about the rollerboard suitcases. Each one was measured to ensure it complied with the size rules. Every person was required to show a photo ID along with their boarding pass as they boarded, which I thought was strange since it was a domestic flight. We were toward the back of the plane on our flight to Sao Paulo and row one on the connecting flight into Faz do Iguazu. Our guess was that there were no seats available in the regular coach section when we checked in, so they had to bump us up to premium economy, which had more legroom. As we were in the bulkhead seats, there was even more legroom. Upon our arrival into Foz do Iguaçu, Brazil, our driver was waiting for us. She drove us to the border with Argentina and assisted us with the documentation required to go between the countries. On our way to the hotel, we drove through the town of Puerto Iguaçu and were surprised to see so many families dining outdoors at the local restaurants, especially so late at night. Our drive to the panoramic hotel was quick. The driver assisted us into the hotel and made sure there were no problems with our check-in. We were pleasantly surprised when we were informed that it was an hour earlier in Argentina than it was in Brazil, which meant we got an extra hour of sleep. Before leaving the hotel, our driver informed us that our guide and driver for our tour would pick us up the next morning at 7.20 a.m. The room at the hotel was large and well-appointed. The bed was very firm, but we managed to sleep okay. Although the bathroom was large, it could have used a little maintenance, but it was fine for our needs. 
We got up early the next morning for breakfast at the hotel, which was included in the price of our stay. There were hot food, cereals, fresh fruit, pastries, cold meats and cheeses, coffee, tea, and juices. I'm sure anyone would have been able to find something to eat. Unfortunately, we weren't at the hotel long enough to use any of the amenities. There was a pool, which looked nice, and the grounds were beautiful. As suggested in the hotel's name, there was a view of the Iguazu River. Art went out and took a few pictures of the property before we left. We checked out of our room, and very shortly after, our guide and driver showed up, and we were off on another adventure. Our guide, Karina Doldan, is a licensed professional guide of Iguazu Falls. She spent 11 months of training learning all about the ecosystem that comprises Iguazu Falls in both the Brazilian and Argentinian national parks. Continuing education is required to maintain her certificate as a guide. There wasn't a question we asked that she couldn't answer. She was very open and shared a lot about living in the area. I highly recommend having a guide for your tour. First stop, Iguazu National Park of Argentina. Karina told us a few facts about the park on our way there. For instance, Iguazu roughly translates to Great Waters. The park was established in 1934 and designated a UNESCO World Heritage Nature Site in 1984. We arrived just prior to the park's opening, but we were far from the first to arrive. Karina had us wait in line while she went and purchased our tickets. Everyone was assembled at the entrance, where you could board the train that takes you to the falls. It is permissible to walk the path to the falls and throughout the jungle. You can easily make a full day or two of your time in this beautiful park. Karina told us the key was to arrive at the park early enough to be on one of the first two or three trains to the falls. Each train holds about 150 passengers. On this morning, they were insistent that we be seated four people in each row of the train car, no matter how tight the fit. There were some people who were not happy about it, but they did it. Their goal was to get as many people on each train as possible in order to clear out the crowd at the gate. We headed straight to Devil's Throat, the largest of the falls. The train made a couple of stops before we arrived there. Since Devil's Throat is the main attraction, Karina wanted us to get there before it got too crowded. The walking platform is very well done and is handicap accessible. We walked out to the falls, stopping along the way so that Karina could explain a few things about the ecosystem around the falls. There was a huge catfish in the water as we were walking, and we saw some butterflies and birds. As we were on a walkway over the water, we didn't see much more wildlife than that. There are other pathways that allow for better viewing of animals in the park. While walking along the platform, Karina told us that there are days when it is so crowded at the falls that it can take two hours to walk the 1.1 kilometers to Devil's Throat. We made the trek in about 20 minutes. Once we made it to the end of the walking platform, we were at the most amazing sight I have ever seen, Devil's Throat. Water was thundering over the falls to the right of where we stood. Across from us and to the left were even more falls. Lush green foliage surrounds the falls. It was so exhilarating. I couldn't stop smiling. It just made me so happy. Although the majority of the mist was blowing away from us, we still got wet. But honestly, the spray felt refreshing as it was so hot and humid that morning. Since we wanted to make sure we had plenty of time to see the falls from the Brazilian side, we skipped the stop at the lower falls on the Argentine side. 
Karina didn't know how long it would take us to go through customs and immigration between Argentina and Brazil, so we erred on the side of caution. As it turned out, we went through customs and immigration quickly and were in the national part of Iguazu before we knew it. The Brazilian National Park is not as old as the Argentine National Park, but it is larger. It, too, is a UNESCO World Heritage Site, admitted in 1986. In the National Park of Iguazu, buses take visitors to the falls area, leaving the main entrance about every 15 or 20 minutes and making several stops along the way. We did see the location where you can take the boats out on the river and go right under the falls. This isn't a proposition where you might get wet. You will absolutely get drenched. We passed on this optional excursion. The pathway to the falls in this park is also very well done. However, it encompassed a lot of steps. There are handrails most of the way, so even though I was able to navigate the steps, it could be difficult for those with mobility issues. It isn't impossible for those with mobility issues to see the falls. There is an elevator that will take you down to a lower level where you can get a nice view of the falls. It doesn't enable you to see all of the falls, but it's a decent option. Although it seemed longer, the falls view pathway is only 1.2 kilometers long. There were several viewing platforms along the way which provided incredible views of the falls. With both the snack bar and gift shop on the path, this park is a bit more commercial than the Argentine park. We did see a little more wildlife in this park. Quatis, or as Karina called them, raccoons, were abundant on the Brazilian side. Naturally, we saw them most often near the snack bar. They are scavengers and can be a little aggressive if they think you have food. Just like our American raccoons, they were very cute, but they do carry rabies, so we didn't let them get too close. There was an iguana resting on the path, but he wasn't disturbed by the humans nearby, and a pretty butterfly graciously stopped on a handrail near us to pose for a few photos. I did make one request of Karina. Please don't point out any snakes. I have a fear of snakes. Now, I'm not sure if it comes from growing up in Florida where we were constantly told, don't go in the woods because there are rattlesnakes. Don't go near the drainage ditches. There are water moccasins. Even seeing pictures of snakes just creeps me out. I know they are part of nature and have an important role to play. I just don't need or want to see them, period. At the final platform, where we were provided with another incredible view of Devil's Throat, we got a bit wet again. From this angle, it's possible to see the falls' full magnificence. We took the elevator up from the falls to the transportation center at the end of the trail. There were several places to eat, ranging from fast food, a sandwich shop, to a full sit-down restaurant. We opted to grab a sandwich before we left the park for the airport. We did arrive at the airport early, which was fine. When we checked in for our flight, we were told that we didn't have reserved seats. The agent offered us two seats together if we wanted to upgrade to premium economy. Great, I thought. What's this going to cost? So I asked how much. The answer was 37 real. I did the math in my head and realized that that came up to about $9 a piece. Yes, please. That was a no-brainer. We ended up on row one for the flight back to Rio. Other than departing late, our flight back was rather uneventful, until we were about to land. We were probably 20 feet above the runway when the pilot gunned the engines and aborted the landing. Art and I just kind of looked at each other. The pilot came on the intercom and explained what happened, in Portuguese of course. I'm sure he apologized, but we didn't understand a word. Well, I did pick up one word, sequencia which I guessed meant he was going to have to go back around and get back in line to land. 
the flight attendants looked over at us and told us, just 10 more minutes. Well, 45 minutes later, we finally landed. We never did hear what happened, but from what Art and I could tell, our guess was they were trying to land on the taxiway rather than the runway. Once we got to the arrivals area, our driver was there waiting for us. Since it was later in the evening, it was a quick trip back to our floating home, MS Serena. No traffic issues at all. For a city as large as Rio de Janeiro, we were shocked at how little traffic we encountered on our way to and from the airport. However, that was not the case on our trip the next day, our tour of Rio. You can read about the first part of our journey, Miami to Rio, and check out the companion photo journal. I've posted links in the show notes. There are numerous, beautiful, astounding, amazing waterfalls around the world. I've only seen Niagara and Iguazu. Actually, I've seen many waterfalls, just not those on the magnitude of Niagara and Iguazu. I've now added Victoria Falls to my bucket list. Perhaps when I get to go on an African safari, I'll include it. Until then, I'll just have great memories of the amazing Iguazu Falls. I hope you enjoyed our show today. If you did, be sure to share it with a friend. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest as Every Great Adventure. Visit my website at everygreatadventure.com where you can sign up for my blog. Until next week, keep dreaming of your next great adventure.